Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. On this special Super Bowl anniversary episode, we talk to NPG band member Morris Hayes about that iconic performance, the upcoming New Power Generation tour, and he shares stories about shooting music videos like 18 and Over and others. Plus, the doc shares exclusive Super Bowl stories like how Questlove and the Muppets saved Prince's halftime performance. And now... He loves you, baby, but not like he loves his guitar, Dr. Funkenberry. guitar 
What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast, the special 10th anniversary Super Bowl Prince halftime show edition. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to us on iTunes, retweeting us, telling people about us on social media, looking for us on Google, Stitcher, other places, whatnot. We have such a great episode lined up for you guys today. We got Morris Hayes back in the house. We have exclusive stories uh, with Ruth, who used to work for Prince, who was his assistant manager, whatnot, um, around the time of him being the Super Bowl. So I was able to talk with her privately and get some stories to share that we haven't heard anyone else. One that's just a crazy Questlove Muppet story. I mean... I can't wait to hear that. And then Morris Hayes. We're going to have that. That'll be after Morris's uh, part. But let's just dig into some stuff right now, a few news items. Uh, thank you guys so much for always listening to us and supporting us. You know, we're doing this for a little bit of time along with other things, but this is the Prince uh, Dr. Funk podcast along with other things that we do. But Chris, there's like some news items going on this week that we need to touch base with kind of quickly. What's What's been going on, man? Man, there's a lot going on. Right? Right? Right. <laughs> well, there's there's this um, the streaming deal that's been kind of uh, up in the air, and it has to do with title as well. There's mm-hmm. a lawsuit uh, regarding title, mm-hmm. um, and we still don't know, is Prince's music going to be available for streaming? There's been some now, hints. So what's the latest with that? It kind of looks like it when you have Spotify putting up all these ads over uh, New York and Manhattan and overseas with the color purple, but not the right color purple. And Prince fans are very particular. Get that purple rain font right. That ain't, that ain't purple. That's plum, mofo. (laughs) That's lavender. That's light purple. You can just tell it was a bunch of freaking white guys from Spotify. (laughs) Now, if someone hits me up on on Twitter and goes, yo, man, I I work for Spotify. You're wrong. Like, you got to cash me outside. I'd be like, oh, here we go. How about that? Now, (laughs) Here's the deal is it's looking like it's going to happen to where Prince is going to be on streaming services such as Spotify and Apple Music. And now he did have this contract with Tidal. And this is supposed to happen Grammy night. But Which now it's is close. It's yeah. really close. February a week, 12th, a week a, after the Super Bowl. We're recording it now. It's what, February 2nd? So it's only it's less than two weeks away. February 3rd. February 3rd, yeah. So when this goes on, um, they're supposed to be having it on Grammy night when Bruno Mars along with the time are supposed to be doing a little tribute. We don't know what songs we do know that apparently at the time of this recording, Jesse Johnson is not part of it or Jerome Benton, but Jimmy jam and Terry Lewis are. It's just interesting because Jimmy and Terry themselves uh, with Morris last week confirmed with Donnie Simpson video soul legend of BET. Um, that they're doing this, that they're doing the Grammys with Bruno. And then Billboard this week says they're in talks. And I'm like, hmm. uh, Jimmy and Terry said it's happening. And then there's Jimmy liking my tweet, like, yeah, it's happening. What's up with Billboard? Um, but here's another thing. Okay. Is that Jay Z with Tidal have been kind of like suing that they own the official streaming rights 
to Princess Kellogg, which they did when he before April 21st and still continues so afterwards. And that's where his stuff is at right now. Now, there was lawsuits filed saying that title, there's no contract, it doesn't show anything. They were saying that money was owed. Uh, title is going to get their day in court uh, coming up next week. Hmm. So we're going to find out if this Grammy deal is going to happen or not. You know, the thing is, is that there's probably the streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, they're going to be paying a lot of money to have Prince's catalog on there. Oh, for sure. Probably will be the Warner Brothers catalog at first. I know people have been asking. Um, Title had everything all inclusive, including the rare stuff that was post Warner Brothers, which is incredibly awesome. We have to see how it plays out in court if this is going to derail the Grammy thing. My whole problem with everything is I'm about the estate and Paisley Park getting paid. Right. Whoever pays them the most, that's what I'm about. How Prince was about sound, and that's why he wanted title and that it was black-owned at the time. Now we're finding out that Live Nation owns a pretty good chunk of it. It's a little different. However, it's about the money. And speaking of which, uh, Comerica Bank is now running uh, the estate. There's no Londell. There's no Van Jones. There never was Van Jones in that mix um, unfortunately they all couldn't work together. And then there has been lawsuits from the family regarding Londell that I'm really not going to get into. Londell spoke his piece to billboard saying that it's not true. He will prove everything. So just going to let him have his day in court, let that play out the way it's going to play out. And we'll know, we'll know who's telling the truth and whatnot. And I just want the family to get together. And we heard from Bremer Trust this week. They said they paid $21 million so far towards his tax thing. But just think about it. If That's good. Yeah. But if there's still 100 to $150 million of that, $21 million almost a year later, got to step up. And this is why I want the family to get together and stop it. I'm glad that they have Universal Music Publishing deal where, where they – the estate owns the music, mm-hmm. but the, they're just getting the publishing rights and other stuff for it. And I'm glad that they have the deal uh, with Universal. I forget the company right now. Starts with a V regarding merchandising. I think those things are important and will bring the estate and Paisley Park money. Just like that's why I'm for the celebration, even though I know people aren't exactly happy about the price. <clears throat> we need this place to make money. Just like with the with the things... Uh, the Paisley Park after darks, you know, people are saying it's too expensive with the 60. I'm all, I understand. I'm with you guys. That's what they're doing. And the thing is people keep asking me like, Hey, can they like live stream the concerts? Can they do this? One of the things that Prince wanted and I thought it was insane. (laughs) He wanted you to be able to only watch certain live performances at Paisley Park. So they're doing what he wanted. I know it's frustrating, but also understand the estate still isn't worked out yet with everything. So hopefully, eventually, some of these releases that they're showing will get an official release. But it's going to take time. So you guys have to be patient. But I think it makes sense, too, for the estate to you know, keep exclusivity on these rare, you know, these concerts that have never been seen before. 
Aside from the love sexy one from last week. Right. Yes. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> a lot, I know a lot of people, including myself, think $60 would be worth it to go to his studio and see right. these concerts. Yeah. So, you're just having the people that used to be able to go there for 20 to 40 on Friday and Saturday nights enjoy themselves. And right. it's a little bit out their price now. range because they didn't pay for that when he was here and they yeah. get to see him perform live sometimes. Right. And fortunately, so. now the only revenue stream that the studio has and the estate has right. is from these tickets and things. Prince used to be able to just, he can go on tour, right. boom, boom, make some money, right. and that's it. But now... It's different. Yeah. We live in a different times. Just going right. to have to have patience. I know it's frustrating because yeah. everything seems to be taking forever when it comes to everything. And they're not on the same page. And there's just so many other things going on. Still have the celebration coming up. You know, I hope to be part of that in some capacity. I want this thing to succeed. And I know that there's going to be panels. We'd love to be a part of that. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I just want to help out. It'd That's be nice to all it comes down to. And it'd be nice to maybe have an episode out there, wouldn't it? Well, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. I know that it's been discussed and we're just let it out, but that's my involvement in anything. My people want to know whose side am I on these things. I'm for Paisley Park and I'm for the estate. When I say the things that I say, it's just, I want everyone on the same page, you know, but right. anything else going on news wise? Oh, well, you already talked about the Grammys. I'm really right. excited about the Grammys. The Grammys this year are kind of, they're kind of struggling for talent. There's not going to be any Kanye. There's not going to be any Drake. There's not going to be any Bieber. So I know your girls are going to be upset by that. And they're kind of like, it's because they're saying that they don't cater to the younger artists, that they're not getting Grammy wins or Grammy nominations. Now, Kanye, who says he's young, will be about to be 40 this year in June, Gemini, he has 20 wins. Prince only has seven. So, dude, stop. Right. And I understand that, you know, just like when Beck won over Beyonce a couple of years ago, I understand the frustration of that or some other albums I listen to, like the Kendrick Lamar. Um, they're going through through a thing. So right now, all you really have is Bruno Mars, Adele, The Weeknd, and you have the time. They're not having a lot of musical acts that are going to make people tune into the Grammys. And I'm kind of disappointed with that, especially because there is going to be something for Prince. And it was very nice to see the SAG Awards give Prince a little tribute in the In Memoriam section where kind of like people were worried about that. There was Prince. And what's interesting with that is that until they showed Prince, no one was clapping. Then you had that. Then you had Carrie Fisher. You had a few yeah. people back to back to back. It was insane. But And congratulations to Beyonce, pregnant with twins and apparently this pregnancy is real this time but i guess no although coachella is like uh she didn't tell us about this and she's supposed to be performing but congrats to to bay and i'm sorry uh for for blue ivy you know she was about to get three billion dollars all to herself but something happened to her parents now she's gonna have to split it to where she's gonna get 333 million oh that poor Shucks. thing yeah what is she gonna do now anyway. now one other uh bit of news that we just heard that i'm really excited about um, our our favorite girl super group, you know, there in the '90s there was yep. LSG. Right. Now we got LSJ. We got Liv, Shelby, and Judith touring. And they're touring, and they're going to be playing at the Dakota in March. Dakota Jazz Club in Minnesota, y'all. Yes, a uh, month before the celebration. Get your tickets. Dakota Jazz Club is going to warm you up on those cold Minnesota nights. Two shows, not one. 
two shows because they do it Prince style. That's right. MPG Davis. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Hopefully yeah. they keep it coming, and I hope we see them out here in California soon, too. Keep it coming. We need it. Don't we stop. It. We love them. C&C. All right. Yeah. Anything else going on before we get to Mr. Morris Hayes and bring him up in here? No, man. I think we need to get to some of these stories. We need to hear from from Mr. Hayes. Yes, and then after that, the second part, the Muppet story and how Questlove <laughs> I can't wait. saved the Super Bowl, along with some <laughs> Dave Grohl tidbits of Foo Fatas. Huh. Cool. All right, so now we're going to hear from our special guest, Morris Hayes, right? Yep. Welcome back, Mr. Hayes. Cool. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, with our very special guest, Morris Hayes of the NPG, who is part of yeah. Prince's uh, band of the new power generation of the Super Bowl show 10 years ago. Morris, how you doing, man? Fantastic, brother, man. I'm good. Uh, can't complain. Uh, uh, how are you guys? Doing great. I want to thank you so much for joining us. This was really last minute, but sometimes... That's how the best things happen, especially when it comes to Prince. So Yeah, that's how it goes down, brother. Now, Super Bowl week, let's go back in time. Um, doing rehearsals on the football field with the symbol stage. Uh, was that more difficult or easier to do just in a stadium that big when you're trying to do rehearsals and you're hearing stuff echo off the walls and the seats? Well, you know, man, I have to. I have, first of all, I have to say, you know, the, the the Super Bowl is the biggest thing in in the United States. When you talk about a sporting event, mm-hmm. when when you say the Super Bowl, you know that that's the pinnacle of of events. You know, in the, right. in the states, I know that you know soccer is a, is a huge thing around the world, but in the United States, man, the Super Bowl is the, is the business. That's it. And so these cats, I have to tell you, man, I've been a part of some great productions. I've never seen anything like what these guys uh, had with the Super Bowl. They had a A, B, C, D plan. I mean, there were contingency plans for everything. Uh, and, and it was remarkable how well thought out it was, how prepared they were for any situation that jumped up, man. I mean, it was bananas, just even down to the power how they had it, the couplers that, that you can plug into without, you know, your, your power getting wet. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, they expected it to rain. I think they knew that, you know, what they didn't know was how intense it would be, I think. But I think they knew that it would rain. And, and you know, we were kind of concerned because, you know, we got a lot of electronics up there and a lot of computers and stuff like that. You know, my keyboards were computers, basically, with, uh, you know, with keys on it. So... And, and, and they were killed, you know, after the show. I mean, they worked during the show, and then after you turn them off, then they wouldn't come back on. They were like, you know, ruined them basically. But, uh, but that was cool, you know, that the, my, my company, Open Labs, had sent me a couple of, uh, you know, like three units down, one for Renato and two for me. And so, uh, you know, I think they figured it was a good trade-off to, sit, you know, to, to have 12 minutes worth of show and then you know if the keyboard burns up so what that's like you know you're counting half a million dollars you know for every 30 seconds you know a million dollars for ad type of thing they did pretty well you know so i don't think they were concerned about it so it was it was cool that way but it was it was really remarkable how they had preparation for everything i was like i wanted to make sure the prince didn't get shocked you know touching his mouth to his microphone and his guitar you know his different grounds or whatever all that grounding issues. And so that was the kind of thing that was really concerning and they had it all figured out. Yeah. 
And I know that he played the Metrodome before for the Special Olympics in 1991. So he was used to football stadiums, albeit that was indoors more so than outdoors. But did he handle this? Like, as you said, like, this is the biggest event when in the United States. Yeah, I mean, he always had, like, these sound anomalies that we would run up against. Prince and sound were just this constant battle that went on at least throughout all my years. I mean, it just like, so it was the thing to try to like make sure that they had the sound mix like really cool. And, mm. and so, and, and I think if you even watch the tape, you can hear that as it went on, the sound got better, like his guitar, you know, things got kind of dialed in a little better as it went, on, went along. Uh, you know, and that's usually the case with some of these things. I mean, it's like, it's, it, you know, you're live and things are happening in real time. And so it's just, that's the way it is. And I, but, uh, you know, that was a big concern to him is uh, the sound. And, you know, he likes his guitar loud. He likes his voice loud. He likes, you know, things the way he likes it. And so just the, the wrangling that had to go on to get that together was, was epic because right. it's just how it is with him and, and how it was with him and sound. So, um, you know, that's just is what it is. Now... I know that you guys, because they were worried about the rain. They didn't know if it was going to happen or not. I know that you guys did a full run-through on Friday for the show, just in case, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, it's a very big deal. And, I mean, everything has to happen. And, like, you know, that stage came out. It, 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 they built it in pieces. And then all of the people that's on the, on, on the ground are usually people who are connected with it. They actually bring those pieces out to the center of the of the field, and then they just stay out there as the audience, you know, as the wow. crowd. So you get all these people. They teach them how to put this thing together in like two or three minutes. It's like everybody runs out there 100 miles an hour with a chunk of it, and then put it together like a puzzle, and they'll snap, 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 and hook. And it's crazy, man. I mean, it literally, they practice that for a while, and then we run a full dress rehearsal with everything that we're gonna wear for the show. Uh, for Sunday so that they can wow. film it and then in the event of the hurricane they can still run the footage of us superimpose us on the camera I mean for television looks like we're playing in the field but for the people in the audience they'll be watching the big screens so it's really crazy man how they how they how they go about doing it it, it was really remarkable man it, it, just how it all came together now wow one of the things that I heard about and it's just like one of those stories that just lets you know with Prince, like they they came to him, came to you guys. And we're talking about, hey, it's going to be really raining harder. Do you want to do uh, the Friday oh, yeah. rehearsal instead? What happened with that? What yeah. was his answer? Well, no, I mean, no, he's like, no, dude. I mean, if it's not a tornado, he he wants to play. And the thing was to him, I think, was he was like, it's, can you get it to rain harder? So it was like... <laughs> It was uh, it was crazy, man, because he knew like anything short of like lightning and stuff like that, we were gonna play. If the gear worked, it was like forget about it. I mean, who cares? I mean, the gear gets wet. We get a new guitar, get a new keyboard. Who cares? It's like the Super Bowl. It's a uh, you know, it was an event, and uh, a few of us almost slipped down. I almost fell. One of the twins almost fell. I mean, it was like it was pretty soupy up there, man. But I mean. Uh, they had they had it sorted out and it, it was it really was cool man I mean I think that's the only Super Bowl that, if I'm not mistaken that um, that it rained at and, right and of course you know purple rain in the rain bro I mean absolutely that's a once in a lifetime deal as it, it turned out to be I don't I mean that that's just uh, 
That's amazing. You know? yeah. Well, actually, I think once in uh, in like Denmark, we got rained on pretty crazy, like a like a cloud burst at one of our shows. We had to, <laughs> we did, so we may have played Purple Rain in the rain there too, but it was pretty crazy. But that was just. You couldn't ask for a better situation than to have that happen, and like right. the way it did, man. It's, and I think that's the reason why that Super Bowl gets ranked. I've seen a few rankings in different magazines. We're always either number one or number two or something like that in in terms of where we rank as far as Super Bowl performances. Number one, and, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's, well, and it's I think crazy. I think the fact that the the circumstances with Mother Nature, I think that's what really makes it so phenomenal. Is the fact that exactly. You know, with the with the pyrotechnics and the purple fireworks, and it raining, really, actually raining purple rain while he's playing purple rain, just that that did it for oh, me. Oh, it was yeah, it was crazy. I mean, Prince even sent me some email, like uh, he sent me a few pictures of like uh, some photography pictures of just like you know the uh, the stadium, like with the with the with the lights and the explode and the pyrotechnics and stuff going on. He sent me like a little two word message, like. A great show or whatever it was it should be in my email somewhere but it was amazing man he was just send me a couple of pictures with like a one word statement uh like hot or whatever it was with just like this these shots of, of the field and with the symbol in it and and all of the stuff he was like dude this is, this is crazy you know and that was really dope i mean to just like get emails from him like that and then you know just kind of talking about how cool it was looking at it looking at all the lights and all right. of the stuff, how it was lit up. Because it really was dope, man. I mean, we saw the stage. And, I mean, you know, that, that stage inspired uh, the, the eventual uh, symbol stage that we ended up doing that was a little bit more refined um, right. after the fact. And then, you know, we ended up having our own symbol stage after that. Craziness. I love it. And we're, we were at Chris's house for a Super Bowl party, about, like, 30, 40 of us. And... The girls were scared with the rain. Like, I don't think they enjoyed it till after you guys completed. Then they wanted to go downstairs. And instead of watching the second half of the game, they were just watching it over and over. Because the way uh, and how it came off on TV, they were, when it first started, you know, we will rock you to the wheels come off. Then the stage lights up and they thought lightning hit it. That's how it looked on TV. They were scared. I think they superimposed some lightning on the telecast too. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah they did. They, right. they superimposed the lightning, which was, I mean, because it hit on the downbeat. So, but mm -hmm. it was dope though. I was like, I remember seeing it going like, whoa, I didn't, I don't remember that. Right. And I was like, wait a minute. You know, that's the super, they superimposed that, but it was dope mm -hmm. though. They, they, they hooked it all up. And then I think right on that downbeat, they just made like four bolts of lightning just hit on all corners of the, right. of the uh, stadium. Yeah, and I think that was very cool, man. I think it gave about uh, yeah about it, ten it, million women heart attacks at that moment too. <laughs> Prince oh, got yeah, hit by no, lightning. I mean, oh, no. and, and that's the way it is with these things. I mean, it's like in the midst of it, you know, you you're concerned about you know how how everything's gonna go. You can't really enjoy it until after the fact. I mean, it's just it's it's very intense because you know that that's that's a you know that's like you you know you you're doing something and then they throw a curveball in it and say okay instead of doing this now do it on one leg. You've practiced doing it on two legs the whole time and now you're like now hop and do it. So it was like we had to really make an adjustment to different from what we rehearsed even away from this you know Super Bowl we had to rehearse that show in vegas before we you know we did it um because mm. that was in the midst of the 31 21 run that we were doing right. in vegas and um 
And it was like, you know, you you prepare kind of like in a, in a setting like that, but then, you know, when you get out to the field and it's like, okay, this is how it's going to go and you have to practice on that stage. So that was just a lot of work. Yeah. That and went into to it after the fact, you know, to get to it and you have to kind of figure everything out all over again. Absolutely. And the way his brain was working, not to use all of his songs, his own songs for performance, but to bring in Proud Mary, to bring in All Along the Watchtower with The Best of You that works well with the Super Bowl crowd and kind of made Dave Grohl pee his pants a little bit. Like, <laughs> how did he come up with like, all right, we're going to yeah. use these songs because it's going to work well for the atmosphere of it. Like, how did that come about uh, during rehearsals and stuff? Well, I mean, I don't know exactly what his... Um, I, I actually just did like an interview talking about this, but I don't know exactly what his mind frame was and in, in doing it. But I do know that he wanted it to, to have a certain level of excitement and kind of convey uh, this this message, this narrative that he had. But I, I think it definitely was the thing that we, you know, he lo- we, we love that Foo Fighters piece. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of course, uh, uh, the other things with the Jimi Hendrix, that's another way that, you know, we, you know, Prince gets to showcase his great guitar work and, and, uh, you know, the primary thing, we got the twins, we got, you know, the dancers and everything going, right. working on that. So it's just exciting to look at. It just it just creates an ebb and flow to the show. You know, it's just like high points, low. You bring them up, you bring them down, you bring them up, you bring them down. It's like a roller coaster ride, you know right. what I mean? And I think um, having that stuff in there, I think, uh, was, was very cool. It just kind of gave it a nice flow in and out. Um, I can't begin to say I know the psychologically what Prince was thinking when he was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, piecing it together, what he was trying to say with the song titles or anything like that. But I do know that the energy of that show was like when we were, you know, uh, going over it, you know, it just, we, we, we dug it, you know, we had fun with it. So, we, you know, he always would tell me, if, you know, he says, Morris, if I'm bored, I figure everybody else is too. And so, right. uh, you know, we just didn't want to do anything that we thought was going to be like, well, it's kind of like slow. You're dragging right here. It's not doing this and not doing that. We really wanted to keep a nice energy to it, you know, visually and sonically, you know. And right. I think that's that's what we did with the with those song collections. I think the, the Foo Fighters piece was perfect for that, giving you the best. I mean, that's what you get to the Super Bowl. That's the best of the best. Mm-hmm. So I think that fit along with that narrative. Now, because he had so much of his own catalog, which is vast to choose from. I mean. You're leaving out number one sure. hits, Kiss, Cream. Were there any other songs discussed, whether it was his own or others, that may have been planned for the show, if you remember? Well, it seemed like to me, man, if I, I mean, it's been a minute, but it seemed like to me he really pieced this together. He just kind of came to us and was like, this is how I'm seeing it going. It wasn't like we had a big discussion about what should we do. You know, mm. Prince already had figured out a lot of that stuff and right. just kind of knew what he wanted to do. And so we just like, okay, this is it. Let's let's find a way to kind of piece it together musically uh, that makes sense. And we, you know, we kind of did that. But I think he knew what he wanted to do um, music-wise already. Right. That's cool. Now let's go back a few days. Um, the Super Bowl press conference where you're supposed to talk to the media and do all these things. <laughs> the funkiest press conference ever, you mean? Uh, just yeah. deciding let's perform instead of doing any questions at all. And then 
Billy Joel was like, why not think of that? Because <laughs> he hated exactly. talking to the you know, too. You know what's funny, man? I can remember several times uh, when we had the opportunity to do like what everybody else did. The Prince was like, yeah, no. I remember the VH1 thing that we did. Uh, uh, where we were we? Oh, my God. He had me like in this crazy outfit like madonna came on the television and i had to go and you know rewire the thing to get rid of her off the off the screen it (laughs) was crazy we we would never do anything conventional like everybody else we always had to make our own uh, you know uh, film for it you know if if it was a storyteller's thing on vh1 we'd have to do a movie instead of just sitting and talking to the people we just made our own thing and just uh did it that way and, and so this was no different. It's like we're going to have this press conference, but instead of just talking, we're just going to go and just have the whole band set up and he's going to act like he's going to take a question and then just, you know, bust out into this song, you know, and, and that's what we did. I mean, it was right. it was crazy. I mean, we got a big kick out of it and the people were like, what the hell? Hilarious. And it's just like they all go like, it's Prince. That's, that's Prince. That's what he does. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's classic so, Prince. And- by the way, I loved that little Prince special where you guys interrupted VH1's programming because us in the U.S., oh if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have been able to see The Good Life. We wouldn't have been able to see Count the Days. And, of course, you kind of doing a little Beavis and Butthead impression while you're messing with the wires. <laughs> oh, Morris, yeah, you almost yeah, done? It was, it was crazy, man. But it's a lot of fun. You know, my, my thing is, we, we you know, we any opportunity we get to kind of mess with uh, some folks, you know, we, we like pranking folks and, and messing with folks. And yeah. Madonna was the was a good target on that shit. I remember she just did I, I Want You. And, you know, we had to work with Nona and doing some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And we was like, no, she didn't, man. No, she didn't. Mm-hmm. And so it was just easy. It was like a good target to just put her just like, oh, no. We're just going to get Madonna, man. But it was it was cool. You know, it was a lot of fun. And, and uh, you know, just the, the pieces of having us. Each one of us kind of talk about where our musical backgrounds, myself and Michael Bland and Barbarella and, you know, Sonny and everybody. Yeah. It was really cool, man. I mean, Prince always wanted to put us on showcase and, and really make it about, you know, the MPG. And, and, mm-hmm. and so that was very cool, man. I just thought it was a cool way. But he just, he th- that was his thing. He just had a way that, just to break the norms, you know, just whatever everybody else was going to do. He was just like, I'm going to do something else. And that was like one of the first times that we got to see the Prince eye roll and side eye when it came to Madonna and I want you video. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It was it was funny, man. And that face with the you know with the teeth, like uh, no. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, and then Maite comes in and jacks up the you know cable mm-hmm. comes out and then some polka music comes on and then we have to chase her out and then we you know it was really it, it just was a lot of fun, man. I just loved it because it was a lot of uh just you know that stuff could get really tedious after a while everybody thinks rock and roll is so great man it's like you're in like music videos and and uh you know all these photo sessions man i hated that stuff man it's like mm. if you like the end result it's like making sausage you don't want to see the sausage making part of it just yeah. everybody likes it after it's done but bro i was like oh my god dude we were like shooting all these videos so many things are in the vault that's not even been seen yet exactly that we've done now that's crazy because he just would do all of that stuff so much you know right and you probably have like specials and other stuff that was created like that and i know uh something that leaked a couple weeks ago that you're in you were like i don't even remember shooting that uh the one you want to see video 
Oh, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, because we would do, like, you know, we were very unconventional. Most people would take a couple of days to shoot a video. Prince would, like, set up three or four video shoots for one day. Mm. So they'd build sets, four different sets. And then we'd shoot as much stuff as we could get done. And, and so you'd be dead tired. You'd shoot one thing and then go to the next thing. And then he has this treatment for that. You'd shoot another thing and go to another thing. And it was it was bananas, man. I mean, it just you'd be like, by the time you get to the end of the day, you're so blitzed. You don't know what you just did. Right. Because he could work like that. You know, he just would work like for no sleep. And, and you had to keep up, you know. So it was really crazy. Uh, I remember we had to go on tour. And we were like, when we shot like Papa and a bunch of stuff, like off uh, off of that record, that, yeah. that, that just we had to do so quickly and then get in the, you know, like leave and pack to get on the plane to go to Europe. Like the same, you know, after shoot three videos in a row and you get off work, it's like three or four in the morning. You got an eight o'clock flight. And I'm like, dude, this sucks, man. We don't have a maid. I mean, uh, you know, somebody packing our clothes. We got to do it. <laughs> you know, so we'd be a little salty, man. But it's it's that's how he used to work. And so, and so many times it'd be so much. Uh, happened. I remember we um, uh, we were doing like I Hate You and uh, and a bunch of other things from 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 that. And he had built this whole jail thing, like a county jail situation that looked exactly like you were in prison. As a matter of fact, I thought it was so cool. I went and was hanging out in there because I've never been in jail before. So I said, like, "This is the first time I've ever been in jail." And I went in there, and I remember being in there like goofing around. And they came in and said, Prince said, strike the, the, the jail scene. Oh, and no. just like that. And I was like, oh, man. I'm like, we're not going to use the jail. And the dude was like, I was like, dude, the guy who built the jail was like right there. And he said, uh, yeah, somebody came out and said, yeah, the boss doesn't want to do the jail scene, strike the jail scene. And the guy was like, okay. Right. And I was like, wow. dude, you just built this jail. It's like perfect. It's a real jail. And he says, bro. It don't matter to me. I, they pay me to build it. If they want to tear it down, that's up to them. And I was like, wow, this is so crazy because we, he just decided, you know, never mind. And I think it cost like $100,000 to like make that jail. Wow. It's just like, it was, that was like a, a, you know, a nice house in like Richfield. I was like, man, that's, that's crazy. Wow, that's, that's let, called let big me time. Tell you, Richfield, that, that was a little, a little this because I, because I've hung out there, yeah. St. Paul, where you're. Yeah, anyway. well, you know, I was like, I'm like, you can get a nice little house in Richfield for hundred grand. I mean, I was like, dude, I was like, that's crazy. He just torched it, like, and they just took it apart, like, as quickly as they built it, they just tore it up. I was like, wow, man, that's bananas right there. Now. Because you had to go about and talk about older videos and being stuff shot in one day. Chris is like begging me to ask this question. So, Chris, I'm going to let you take it oh, over okay. and talk about those well, videos. And it's kind of a, a memory that kind of encapsulated how Prince worked. Where uh, I think it was after the American Music Awards. And uh, before the concert at the after show, they played a video for 18 and over. You usually get your blood oh. splash your check. <laughs> But so think of it as a Prince fan. You go to a concert and all of a sudden you see a video of a song you've never heard before. And but what was cool is that you guys played it during the show. 
But I just, it was just funny because now I know that you guys had, that he kind of had a, uh, it was almost like a trilogy with uh, Zana Lee and the same December in 18 and over, right? Yeah. Uh, not same yeah. December, yeah. Empty Room. I'm sorry. sorry. Empty Room. Sorry. So I know you yeah, guys yeah. shot all those videos probably pretty close to each other. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what I'm saying. It was such a blitz. And, and you know, some of us were in things that some, not, you know, sometimes he had stuff with Mike and Sonny in that me and Tommy weren't in. So, uh, you know, or just him and Maite or whatever. You know, he just kind of would mix it up like that. Uh, but it, but that's what I'm saying, man. There's things in the vault and there's so many things. You just, I remember even when I got my hair cut on the, uh, for the, uh, uh, the, like the, the, the NBA party that yeah. we did. I mean, basically, even the way that came around, I just was going to go and get a haircut. And because we were shooting so many videos, uh, I, I just wanted to make sure there was not an issue with continuity. Right. Uh, so that if I, you know, you just shoot the video and then they did want to do pickup shots, you can't have a bald head and you just used to have a bunch of hair, then you're going to jack up the shot. So right. I just went to him and said, hey, Prince, I'm going to get a, I'm thinking I'm going to shave my head like all the way clear. And he, which he liked the idea, you know, like, yeah, that's that will be a radical look from what you, you know, yeah, that's cool. All right. No, and I just want to make sure there's no continuity problem. We're not shooting any pickups. And you're like, no, it's fine. But then he said on my way out, he said, but you know what? Uh, we had a guy named Paris. I think Paris Patton, I think was his name. Uh, that was like a videographer at the time. And Paris, uh, I think he he directed uh, like uh, The Undertaker and some of that stuff around that time. Uh, and he said, take Paris with you. Just have him, you know, film you getting your head shaved. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's weird. But okay, right. whatever. Because he said, you know, we never know. Maybe he'll reuse it. But I don't know. <laughs> And then I, I ran into him right before I was going to go and do it because I think that was like a Friday or something. I just wanted to tell him I'm going to do it. And I, th I was thinking maybe on Saturday I'd get it done. So I ran into him at the slam and uh, and he was sitting with Lamar Rashad and, 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 and I sat down and he said, uh, you know, I think I may even tell you the story before, but, but yeah. I sat down and, and he said, you know what? I got an idea. Why don't you let me cut your hair at the show? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, Mark Brown said, never let you cut my hair. And I, I remember mm. telling Mark, like, why in the hell would Prince cut my hair? Why, mm. why would, he's like, whatever you do, don't let Prince give you a haircut. And I'm like, why in the world would I let Prince give me a haircut? <laughs> and, and I just thought that was a crazy thing. Like, why would I do that, bro? And then sure enough, Prince asked to cut my hair. And I'm like, wait a minute. Mark Brown told me not to ever let you cut my hair. And uh, <laughs> he said, well, I can't mess it up. You're getting it shaved all off, right? And I said, well, I said, yeah, I guess. I said, but do I get hazard pay? Like, <laughs> but, right. but anyway, that's what he thought. That'll be cool. I can shave it on camera, and it'll be like rock and roll. It'll be something really cool. Yeah, rock and roll. And so it just like st stuff like that. I mean, it's like crazy because who thinks of that stuff? I was like, okay, it's a haircut, bro. Yeah. But it, but it really did have a. a on Days of Wild, I mean, that was like a crazy impact on that. It was like, mm -hmm. who does that? Like, he just cut a big patch of hair out of this dude's head right on stage. He was so happy about it, man. He kissed me in the head like twice. Uh, <laughs> like, it was the weirdest feeling ever. It's, you know, I know a lot of women probably would have been happy for it to happen. I was not. Now, I have to go back to this and before we get into what's going on with you in the MPG right now. But 18 yeah. and over... <laughs> In the video, it's mentioned, oh, like, Lord. can I have these girls in my video? And he was like, they're going to be in my version of the video. 
Was there ever a version of your video that was recorded or was that part of the act with, you know, so many vault things that we just haven't seen yet? Is there a now, Morris Hayes version of it? I don't over? know if he had his version of the video because the version y'all saw was my version of the video. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was like, yeah, you do need to get your blood pressure checked, bro. But, uh, <laughs> That that was a hard video, man, because, you know, it was weird, man, because, you know, Maite was cool, and I had to act like I'm, like, looking at this, you know, with Maite, and it was, it was man, it was like, this was some acting, man, because this, uh, you know, I don't want to get have no problems. <laughs> so, you must have been acting. It was, I, it was interesting. I was like, okay, I don't look too happy, but <laughs> look, you know, but don't get too happy. Let's look so interested. Was, uh, yeah, I mean, you're like, oh, Maite. Them, them pink shorts for real yeah i you know you have to be cool because yeah. you're like you know you don't want to be like yeah oh yeah friends i'll be I'm very happy to just survey the situation here and uh yeah this will be just fine so yeah it was it was interesting man but it was it was fun though man because it was uh uh you know man i i, I got a few opportunities in, in some of the videos to like you know to just do some some different stuff uh, I remember I kind of got pummeled though on this one uh, called Same December, mm. where I played a crooked record executive, right. <laughs> and I paid the price for it by his bodyguards who are real bodyguards who don't know how to act, and uh -oh. just would throw my butt on the ground like really hard on the concrete. And I'm like, uh, fellas, this is called acting. <laughs> right, that's I real concrete. Break, please don't break my arm okay. as you throw me to the concrete ground and then set fire to me if you don't right. mind. Exactly. So it, you know, it's it's funny when you use real people to do stuff like that, and not actors. They're just like, good lord, like yeah. It's like, yeah, bro, we're just play acting right here. We don't want to actually. I'm not an actual yeah. record label guy. Now so you can go easy on me. <laughs> absolutely, and this just bring, brings everything full circle because one of my favorite inclinations of the MPG, um, you guys have, because mm -hmm. my first time ever seeing Prince was the Act One tour in Los Angeles at the former yes, Universal Amphitheater. And, you know, yes, I was sir. I was a fan from a little kid, little Funkenberry, to this, just <laughs> to see that. So to have you there, Sonny T there, um, Tony M, Damon, and all that stuff going on is just amazing for me. And now to hear you guys are kind of getting together, you're going to be performing at the celebration and – we saw some video over the weekend of you guys doing a photo shoot, which we know that you hate, but it was just really cool to see all you guys together again. Yeah, you know. No, you know what? I, I let me let me let me correct that then. Um, back then, I used it used to be crazy because it it just was really intense, man. I mean, you had all these people like you had Randy St. Nicholas, you know, you got Herb Rich, you got like all of these heavy hitter like photographer folks that was like. You know, he'd bring them in, and it just was this whole pressure thing. And it was just like, it wasn't fun, but this was fun because it just wasn't any pressure. It's like you're with your friends. You know, I love my bandmates, and I have so many bandmates with the MPG, of course. Mm. When I get back with my original cats, and, you know, it's always fun and nostalgic. You know, we, we, you know, that's when I first started out in the game. So it's always good to see everybody and, and get together and, you know, do like what I'm doing now. We just tell our stories, we reminisce, and, and um, you know it's fun, and so it's and 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 uh, what we're doing, you know, it, it's it's very cool. I mean, we're we're getting together, 
we, we want to celebrate this amazing music that we were fortunate enough to be a part of. Mm-hmm. You know, Prince uh, has had such a, a story career with the revolution and with the MPG and Third Eye Girl and everything that he did on his own. I mean, it's so much music and so much uh, uh, a span of time. And just for us to be able to uh, to do our chunk of this, uh, the time that we were able to spend with him, I mean, I think it's really cool, man. There's a lot of great music. I mean, even without touching the music that he did with the revolution, which is an amazing body of work in itself, Mm-hmm. Uh, we we got all of these songs with the you know with Exodus and Gold Nigga and and, uh, and all of the records that Prince did with the MPG. I mean it's like so much music, man. Yes. I mean it's just like crazy. And so just for us to get a, a, an opportunity to play that again and, and get together with our old, with all our cats, you know, with Bland and 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 and, and Tony Damon and Kirk and Barbarella and Sonny T. Man, it's just amazing, man. It's, and it's going to be very cool. We're going to respect the music. We're going to, you know, come back and hit that stuff and hit it like we did then as hard as we can, you know, and try to really, uh, uh, you know, like I say, celebrate this this man and this music as much as we can, as much as people want to hear. Uh, and like I say, we're going to pay homage. We're going to, you know, we're going to respect that music. And we're going to play that music. And, and so, uh, you know, we just want to, give back to the people who gave to us all of these years, man. You know, the fans just floated us for so many years, man. And anything that we can do to, uh, to, 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 to let them know that, man, we love their mm-hmm. contribution to what it is that we were doing. Uh, then we're going to do that, man. I mean, that's what we want to do. Now, I know we know that you have uh, the celebration coming up in April at Paisley Park going on which is going to be amazing with the revolution and other acts now are you guys going to be having any other tour dates or anything coming up after the celebration at paisley park by any chance yeah i mean we're actively uh uh, uh, booking things now i mean one of the things we're going to be doing is going to be here uh right here in uh in the la area in redondo beach at the Performing Arts Center, like around May the 22nd, you know, we're 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 uh, about to try to put that together, uh, you know, finalize that all of that. We got a few things in a few different places that we're looking to put together and do, and so we're going to be getting the word out really soon once we kind of finalize some of these locations and, you know, and start just getting the different places. I've been getting hit from from people in Detroit and people in Minneapolis and people in Chicago, mm-hmm. and they've all been asking, like, man, if y'all do something, man, please come over to Chicago. Please come to Detroit. Please right. come to Memphis. You know, all of the places that were really big Prince markets when, you know, when he was here. And so, uh, you know, they, they love that music, man, and, and they want to see us, and I'm sure they want to see the revolution. I'm sure they want to see Third Eye. And and so we, we really want to do our part, man, and, and go and hit as many places that, that, that will have us, you know, and uh, we'll start, you know, with some theaters and things like that. And if, if the people support it, then we'll come out bigger. We'll come out, you know, we still want to work with uh, guest artists, you know, but we got Andre Simone, we got Kip, we got Shelby, we got different people that, that you know, that, that can still do it. Uh, but we, we'll be looking to do things with, with whomever that wants to get down with us. And, you know, it's really cool seeing like Bruno working with the time and, and different mm-hmm. situations like that. It just keeps our music, music relevant and keep us... You know, just moving. You know what I mean. So, 
you know, we had a really good time with Luke James, the, the young cat. He just killed it, and I, I want to work with him again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just stuff like that. I mean, because, you know, they love that music. You know, Jesse J, I mean, mm. you, know, you know, they love that music. And so uh, we, we love collaborating with them, you know, to do it and, and, and anything that we can do like that just to keep a yeah. keep it to keep it moving with it. And we just, you know, we love that Bruno's coming up with that and everyone else just doing stuff. And a shout out to Luke James did great in the new edition story is Johnny Gill. We interviewed him before. Really great guy. And I'm glad that he's, had uh, he's fantastic, success. man. He's a fantastic kid. I, I ran into him at, uh, at a spot here in LA not too long ago, man. And he just was like, man, bro, it was so cool to do the tribute and, and like everybody, man. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, that, that it's some really powerful music. And then, you know, we have these kids as like, you know, he's a young cat, man, and for him to be like into it like he is, I mean, it's really cool, you know. And um, and I'm sure, like I said, we'll work with these cats again, and uh, among other people. You know, the thing about the tribute, it happened very fast. We had a whole lot of music to do in a short amount of time, and uh, there was a lot of people who would have loved. You know, I, I, yeah, I had got a hold of Pharrell. All of those people were like wanting to do it. They just had scheduling conflicts. But they love the music, they love the man, and they be like, dude, if you got anything else coming down the pike, you know, give us a heads up, and if we can do it, we will do it. You know, Lenny Kravitz and all of these folks that we worked right. with over the years, I mean, of course, they would love to do things if scheduling permits. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we're just, just grateful, man, that we have so many people that love French and love the music. And, right. uh, you know, like I say, brother, we're going to just keep it moving and do what we can, and as long as the fans say it's cool, then we'll do it. Right. And I appreciate you being on with us. And before uh, we wrap up, um, just looking back 10 years later, the Super Bowl, the pinnacle, and just how every year around this time you're brought up, the performance is brought up. Just how amazing does that feel? Because you have a lot of accolades, but I'm sure this is like one of those things that you cherish. Just the number one Super Bowl halftime show of all time year after year. It's yeah, it's crazy, man, because, you know, when you're doing it, you know, I'm, you know you're not thinking about, you know, all of that. And, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's just like certain things after you just don't think about it. But, you know, it's funny, man. But the, the thing that uh, I have to say, one of the things that was my most favorite thing after doing the Super Bowl is I had this, this, this kid who was like my surrogate son named Aiden Coy. And Aiden is funny because even when he was, a, he was a, pretty much a small kid, man. He's a musician now, and he's like, he's probably doing more gigs than I am. He was only like 12, but he's doing more gigs than I am now. He plays guitar. But the funny thing is, every year at the Super Bowl, he called me. Like, I remember after the Tom Petty did, he like, called me, like, yeah, I just saw Tom Petty. He's just not as good as you guys, you know. <laughs> it's like every year he called and be like, "Well, you beat those guys. You beat those guys." Like every that was the one of the best parts about the Super Bowl to be every year. That he would call me and tell me like, "You guys still were number one." <laughs> so right. that was so funny, and it's it so great, man. But it, it just was cool, man. I just think you you know you're always grateful to be a part of history and a part of something so big mm-hmm. and, and then to be looked at it on the top levels of it you know i remember hearing a you know uh, uh what's this uh howard stern talking about it you know you know necessarily one of the biggest prince fans but he was like hey you can't argue with it. he said i'm sorry whether you like prince or not that was one of the best super bowls i've ever seen and, you know it's like mm. 
you know, that's when you know, man, when you got cats who necessarily wouldn't be checking for you on a regular, just to, but come out and say like, I'm sorry, that was just the best. Right. I mean, that's something, man. And so I'm, I'm, I'm proud and I'm honored to have been uh, a part of that and uh, part of the experience, man. And just going, you know, I've been to the Super Bowl before as a spectator, but to go and be a performer, man, it was really something. And uh, and I hope in 2018 that they do. You know, it's going to be in Minneapolis, and, and I'm hoping whoever's on the Super Bowl committee, you know, thinks about doing something that was cool in Prince's hometown. I think that would be epic. You know, right. to, to have something happen with the Revolution or with the NPG or with both or whatever. Right. You know, I just, it's because it's just a unique opportunity. Uh, you know, this soon after he passed away in, in, in Minneapolis. So who knows. But that would be really cool if they decided to do something like that. I think that would be really cool and, and, and fitting for such a performer that did so well with the Super Bowl before. But uh, but man, but man, like I said, it's just a, it's just an honor. And you know, when I, when I look at you know uh, that footage, you just go like, wow, man, that was yeah. so cool. Especially you know looking at it from on the outside, looking in, kind of thing. I mean, I just it's just mind blowing sometimes, man. Now, because that week leading up, a lot of sports shows, there are some people like, oh, I'm looking forward to Prince, blah, blah, blah. And there were some people that were, oh, I don't know. I don't know about him being a Super Bowl pick. And then the Monday after, all those sports shows were like, he killed it. And the people that were doubters, they were like, he showed more toughness than the freaking Bears defense did on that field. I know. So but You know what's crazy, man? Even when we got ready to do it, I mean, the, the NFL people came to, like, the house, the 3121 mm-hmm. place we had, like, the second 3121 house. That was the basketball player's house. I can't remember his name. But, Carlos Buzo. Um Yeah, Carlos's place. They came, and it was, like, me, Josh, Cor, and Prince. And just, like, the four of us, completely blew these people away i remember them saying like we can't believe that much sound is coming from four people they were like this is unbelievable yeah we just hit like some of the songs that we were gonna do and it blew them away and prince just like you know like like hit them with the with the good they had a little committee came and we just like killed them and then he just like all right then just go and have a little lunch with them or whatever and, and it was crazy, you yeah. know, because they were just like dumbfounded like dude that was insane yeah. that that much sound just came out of four people and of course by the time we got to the super bowl you know he had thought about you know he took the horn players he took greg boy and and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and the other cats and everything but then he decided not not to use it you know i think it aesthetically it was like it's going to clutter up this, the uh this, the uh the, the stage a bit and decided mm-hmm. not to uh to use the, the horn section mm-hmm. and so he just made that decision on the spot and that's what happens a lot i mean he would just improvise just based on what he he's feeling, and so he just always makes the right decision. He, he made the right decisions in a lot of those things because he's right. always thinking about the overall uh, situation, how it's going to look, and you know how it's going to reflect. So yeah, and we're gonna have that like in a second part where you have some stories. I talked with uh, Ruth, who used to work for Prince and other people. She talked about Don Misher and his production team coming over and how you guys blew them away uh, with just you guys playing. Now. Another thing, because he decided not to have the horn players, but then, and I know that some sound bites or whatnot have come out from it, but he wanted the FAMU band to kind of perform on the field during 1999 and Baby I'm a Star and kind of look like, they look like they came out of Tron. It was kind of a cool effect. Like, 
Was that just another thing? It yeah. was like, we're not going to have the horn players. No, I mean, that, that, was, that was kind of bananas too, how that all came together. I mean, and, uh-huh. and it really came together really quickly. You know, they had to outfit a bunch of people and, uh, and it was very cool, you know, to, to have them, you know, like kind of jump in on that and still have it maintained where it was, uh, didn't make it corny. It didn't make it corny, but it was very cool how they did it. And I just remember like going, how is this going to work? Right. But it did, you know. Incredible. Morris, thank you so much for coming on. Before uh, Paisley Park or possibly after, before the tour dates, would love to have you on. Would love to have Tommy, Sonny, uh, Michael on. You guys should probably have so many stories to share. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Big time. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. And and what we should do is we'll probably do it where we get everybody on, you know, and just all of us at one time. That should be chaos and it should be pretty funny (laughs) because Sonny has a TV show all his own. Somebody should do a a TV show on Sonny. Love it. I believe it. I love the idea. All right, guys. Thank you so much. That's Morris Hayes. We're going to be back with uh, part two of our Super Bowl 10th anniversary Prince Super Bowl halftime show special. Thank you. Man, Mr. Hayes, thank you so much for being on. Man, that was just awesome, incredible storytelling, Chris, right? Oh, man. He's he's my favorite, one of my favorite guests. I can't say favorite. But we have favorite guests. I he's always just got so many stories. Dang. Speaking of stories, I was able to talk with Ruth Azarte, who worked for Prince as an assistant manager. She she wore so many titles what, that she uh, just came and have any. What time frames was she Around, around like 2005 through kind of like 2010. I know she'll probably hear this and correct me, but <laughs> okay, you know, but we got but a she general was here for the Super Bowl. Okay, which and is that's the on. important because this is the so special Super Bowl anniversary. I wanted, special. I wanted to ask her stuff, you know, because I remember like being in Vegas for 31 21, um, you know, at the time. I just kind of like was asking her because I heard that you know, that there was going to be a rehearsal of the Super Bowl on the Howard Stern show. Oh. And then I kind of heard that, you know, that there's going to be a little bit of a Foo Fighters song. She's like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I can't tell you. (laughs) And then um, she sent it to Howard. She sent him the full rehearsal. So there's that. I'm sure Ruth doesn't know where, where it's at right now. So no one hit me up like, hey, man, you need a bugger to get it. It's not happening. So... That was just craziness. And so the rehearsal was the rehearsal that was done in Vegas. That right. Morris, that, that Morris, Morris was about? talking okay. about. Okay. So they did the rehearsal for that and then it was recorded and then sent for Howard to play on the show. So. And he ended up playing it on the show? Yeah. Oh, Howard man. played it with all along the watchtower. Prince has kept a view and how and how I was like Prince what did you say Prince <laughs> and then he's just like wait he's not doing his own material it's like because then everyone was talking about all week what is Prince going to perform at the Super Bowl right he's not, he's not going to be doing a let's go crazy so people were just kind of like enthralled and kept people talking all week then those festivities with the press conference and how he just didn't want to talk with him and how amazing it was we're going to jump around a little bit on that um, but the night before the Super Bowl, okay, they did a rehearsal, and it did not go well with the sound. Oh, really? Yeah. And this is Ruth paraphrasing, he was super pissed because the sound wasn't working. It was the night before, and he was livid. 
Oh. She flew in late like a day or two before and called her into the trailer and asked me to approach AEG about the sound. He was really upset. And so he had to do a guest appearance that night at um, Grupo Fantasmo's show. Oh, okay. In Florida, mm-hmm. which, and he just did his own show. He performed at the Hard Rock, you know, in Florida, Super Bowl week as well. So Grupo Fantasma. And then AEG brokered a fee for him to appear. Um, and then here's the thing is Raul, you know, his security guard at the time tells her to get in the limo and says, Prince says we has to ride with him. Ruth wasn't used to that. She's like, okay. And then she jumps into the limo and then she realized like Raul was sitting in the front. Okay. And it was just Prince and Ruth in the limo together and how pissed off he was about the sound. Oh no. So she says, suddenly I'm very stressed because he is so pissed from rehearsals and he says nothing. That's oh the, that's like getting the silent treatment. Yeah, it's like, like getting called, time. called by your parents into the room and just sitting there staring at you. And keep That's in mind, worst. Super Bowl weekend, downtown South Beach, there is nothing but gridlock traffic. So it probably would have been like 20, 30-minute ride to get to that club. Right. It was it's about two hours. And this is the night before the Super Bowl? Yes. Oh, my God. And there is nothing but dead silence in the limo. Like nothing. And she says, so I make a joke about, about it. And I go, say hello to my little friend. And he starts talking about his club glam slam that he used to have in South beach Yes, and how super cool it was. And then she goes, you know, what's super cool. That's not super cool. What's super cool is the Muppets tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So quest love sent Ruth a copy of when Prince was on Muppets tonight. Yes. So Prince is like, why is Amir sending you that? Amir Questlove's name. Mm -hmm. And she starts going off and reenacting the whole show (laughs) on the ride while there's a police escort now trying to help them get there a little bit quicker. <laughs> and she is laughing her ass off, telling him about how Fozzie Wazzy the bear called him. You're pretty mouthy for a dude with no name. <laughs> oh my God. And she's laughing so hard talking about Gonzo and shit. Gonzo with the fishnets and the high heels. Yes. Oh, definitely man. working those fishnets to perfection. <laughs> And she goes, I go through the whole damn episode and we sit and talk about the Muppets for an hour and a half. Prince's mood turned a full 180 and he was laughing too. But he tried really, really hard not to. But I was doing the voices with the reenactment and started shiting him. No way. I see. I see. Ruth kind of like she can kind of get away with stuff that other people couldn't when it came to him. And then where'd you get the camera, Moochie? Lord. And she's like, I told him, you know, P, I know you're nervous, but you're going to be amazing. I promise. She's like, I don't make bold statements and you're going to be the business. He jumped out of limo, gave me a hug and went to talk to Bria, who he was with at the time. And the next day, history. 
I told Amir because of him, he saved the Super Bowl. I told Prince that later and he just rolled his eyes. Probably did a little bit of that side eye and roll eyes that Morris was talking about earlier. Oh, that is so cool. And then she says she laughed so hard. Raul was like, what the heck were you going on about? You sounded crazy. I'm like, you try to sit for him for an almost two hour ride with him seething. And she's like, I did what I had to do. And then after the Super Bowl, where he killed it was amazing. As she said, after the performance, I ran from the field to the skybox. Uh, he was talking to someone the whole the whole time, and he sees me stop, and he stops his sentence short, walks over to me, and I'm drenched <laughs> like a drowned rat. I look at him, and he's got two watermarks on his shoulders, and his hair is perfect and glistening. Of course. My hair is plastered on my face. I just tell Prince, I told you. You were amazing. And he comes over and gives me a hug in front of everyone and says, thank you for being here, which to this day is my favorite memory of working with him. And then I say, how do I look like a drowned rat and you're perfect? He laughed and just walked away. Just classic. And she's like, I swear, if Amir hadn't sent that video, I would not have freshly seen it and reenacted it every word. He was in great spirits. He knew that he killed it. So, wow. And then I asked her, you know, the same question I kind of asked Morris. I go, how did he share with you how he came up with the idea of wanting to perform all along the watchtower? Best you and proud Mary. And then she says, we talked about the Foo Fighters all the time. He loved Dave Grohl, really respected him. Wow. Tremendously. So, um, and she says that he was kind of going through some stuff at the time and the best you was just kind of like one of those songs that he was feeling at the moment. And he just really wanted to turn it on. And as you see, he put a lot of emotion into it, not only with the guitar, but with his vocals, he came from a different place for that. And, um, and she said that he was trying to find a mix that was appealing to the demographic as well as something he loved to play. Plus that showcases his guitar playing. So he decided not to use his own songs and you didn't have kiss. You didn't have cream, but you get all on the watchtower right in the middle and the best of you just in same. How, how amazing though, to be so confident in your abilities that you're like, Oh no, I don't need to yeah. play my number one hits. I'm going to play something that's going to appeal to the audience and a range of audiences. You, know, right. you got some proud Mary and Jimi Hendrix. And then you get something new like the food fighters. Just insane. Then we went back a few days. I talked about the press conference that really wasn't a press conference, just an avenue for him to perform songs that he wasn't going to perform at the Super Bowl. But no one knew that at the time. Right. How did he start off? Because I know he did something really funny. Because it was told all through the week that Prince, at his press conference, he's not going to take any questions. He's going to perform, going to perform. And then other acts, like Billy Joel, because you have to do it like for like 10 to 15 minutes in Billy Joel just kind of like in the middle of his press conference goes, why didn't I think of that? Like, I don't <laughs> like talking with you guys. I'm just doing the Star Spangled Banner. Prince has the hard work to do. So Prince walks on stage. People have seen it. And he's like, contrary to rumor, I will be taking questions from the audience. And he kind of lifts up. And then as soon as someone goes, Prince Center, boom. boom. Yeah. Didn't he say, right like, does it. anyone have any questions yeah. or something, right? Yeah. And as soon as someone said one word, he just cranks into it. What what funny. songs did he play in the... I think it was Another Lover, Hole, Hole in Your Head. 
There was also Get on the Boat, and I think I'm forgetting one more right now. I was trying to play it earlier on my TV before the show, but I was having trouble loading through the YouTube. I'll be honest. I think I've only seen it once. I enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. I need I need a freaking press conference. Perfect, perfect and, time to revisit And the thing that. was, is that day, that Friday, that's all I was talking about. Yeah. Even if they're like Prince's Super Bowl press conference, the greatest thing I've ever seen. Because it's just <laughs> all these sports writers, and they, they don't know his music yeah, like that. Yeah, they've never, probably never seen him live, and I'm they're sure. Like, they're, they're having press conference after press conference the entire week. And then right. here you go. You get a freaking musical performance by the greatest artist of this generation of perhaps of all time. Just insane. That's so, so I just tell her like, you know, I know you are not, you know, what a genius move to perform and not take any questions. Can't believe no one thought of that before. And then she goes, that's what he wanted. And that's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to Plain talk. Simple. Right. So. And then, then she talked about like the guitar single. She said that uh, there was a video for that shot at the Rio by Chris Robinson. And there also was the Verizon commercial, which uh, Chelsea Rogers was supposed to be in the commercial, but I don't think that she was. Um, Is that the the commercial that for Dreamer? That no, no, no. no there no. was there was for Verizon. There was for oh, Verizon. Guitar. I was thinking Target. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just amazing and. The Muppets and Questlove, like he was in such a terrible mood because, dude, like that's why I was asking Morris, like, because he's such a perfectionist. Like, they're like, look, all his TV appearances are amazing. This is the biggest stage of them all in live, and it freaking rained. Can you make it rain harder? It's <laughs> so awesome, man. I just want to thank Morris Hayes for being with us. I want to thank Ruth for sharing her story. She doesn't really like want to do this kind of stuff, but I appreciate her sharing her favorite moment and other stuff. It's really important that this stuff is out there and documented, especially when 10 years later, his performance is still the bar that everyone else is set to. So Gaga, good luck, Chris, by the way, who do you, who do you got on Sunday? Not who do you want, but who do you got winning the Super Bowl? I really think, okay, my fantasy football team, I've been riding Matt Ryan all year. He got me all the way to the playoffs, and uh, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to shock the world. This is the year. That may be the Raider fan in me talking because I hate the Patriots, but I really think that the Falcons are going to win. See, when you talk about fantasy football team, <laughs> I'm thinking like Carmen Electra, Jessica Jones, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Dita and those outfits. Um, yeah. When it comes to the game, the Patriots have the better team. The better team doesn't always win the Super Bowl. And you can ask the Patriots about that before and Eli Manning. It's about who makes the least amount of stakes and momentum and who makes those game changing plays. Yep. It's going to come down to the end, I think. No disrespect to Kerry C. I wouldn't mind Atlanta winning it. You know, I do think a lot of people kind of want to see the Patriots win it because Goodell will have to hand over the trophy after deflate gate, but <laughs> cool. There we go. Thank you guys so much. We're going to wrap this up with the greatest halftime performance of all time. Prince and the Super Bowl halftime show. Much love. Keep it funky.
dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Oh no, let's go! You don't lie. We're believing in. Take a look around. At least you got friends. Come on, lady. Oh, friendly world. Take up the phone. Chopped it on the bus. With all I heard. Are we gonna let the elevator bring us down? Oh no, let's go. Let's go crazy.
Jesus kept a view While the women came and went Barefoot servants too Outside in the cold distance A wildcat did ground To ride in a perching And the wind began to Can I play this guitar? 